Welcome to Office Talk, a fortnightly podcast featuring in-depth conversations with leading architects about their approach to business, marketing, and communications. I'm your host, Dave Sharp, an architectural marketing expert and director of Office Dave Sharp, a marketing practice offering specialized consultancy, marketing, and PR services tailored to meet the particular needs of architects. Visit officedavesharp.com to learn more or follow the practice on Instagram at officedavesharp. Merry Christmas, everybody. Since this is the last Office Talk episode of 2023, I just wanted to pause and say a huge thank you to all of you for supporting the show again this year. I'm going to be taking a little break over the holidays. My partner Tamara and I are having a baby girl in January. So Office Talk will be returning in February with a fantastic lineup of guests to kick off the new year, including John Wardle, Mel Bright and Kennedy Nolan. February is also going to see the launch of my brand new series, Office Talk UK, which is going to run on a separate schedule and feature conversations with the UK's leading design-focused practices about their approach to business, brand, and marketing. The UK episodes are awesome. I'm super excited to share those interviews with you. So I hope you all have a wonderful Christmas and a happy new year, and I'll see you all in 2024. Joining me on the show today is Scott Eldridge and Jeremy Anderson of Eldridge Anderson Architects, a four-person residential practice based on Victoria's Surf Coast. In this episode, Scott, Jeremy and I discuss why they front load so much design effort into the sketch design stage of the design process and resolve much of the project detail at that early stage, presenting a single fully fleshed out design idea to their clients. We spoke about the benefits of slower, more mindful ways of practice like hand drawing and physical model making for refining clear design ideas, nurturing interest in and passion for practice, and injecting a bit of energy and momentum into the architect-client relationship. We discussed the ongoing debate over whether architects should put their personalities and design process out there for the world to see, or take a big step back and let the work speak for itself and allow the public to interpret the work in their own way. And finally, we talked about the idea of a less but better approach to marketing and communications and why subtracting unnecessary elements and carefully considering what gets put out into the world can give a practice a clearer and more potent brand identity. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Scott and Jeremy of Eldridge Anderson Architects. Jeremy and Scott, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Thanks for having us. Thanks very much. So should we start off with maybe a bit of a background? You guys are a very mysterious practice. I feel like I don't know very much about you from the outside. So maybe for the other listeners as well, just do you want to just give us a brief intro on sort of how the studio started, how long you guys have been going for and what sort of the size of practice you are today and what you guys are up to? Yeah, for sure. Well, I think we're both pretty happy with being the, uh, the mysterious tag. So that, we're happy with that. But in terms of our background, I suppose we started in 2016 um, just as a uh, as a little project for my parents actually in Ballarat and that project was fairly successful um, and then from there we sort of picked up a number of projects over the years we, we started quite organically we didn't sort of set out to really start a practice essentially it just it just grew from that one project so yeah so that, that's been a sort of interesting process and in terms of the size of the, the practice um, there's really only four of us so Scott and myself and Matt and Pascal who work with us here in our little New little office in Torquay. Yeah, cool. And what were you guys doing before? Like, what sort of practices were you working in before you started the current studio? Yeah, so I was uh, I was working in just sort of um, all, all high end sort of residential practices. So various uh, started started in a little practice down here in Torquay, and then 
a couple of different stints um, for practices in Melbourne, um, all all generally sort of smaller practice, um, mm. but all, all high end residential. And then Scott was working at Deakin at the time. Yeah, yeah, I've worked in a range of residential practices as well, but um, did a few years um, working with with students at Deakin for their architecture program. So. Yeah, it was a good balance, I think, for a number of years, um, but got to the point where we had some really good projects. Um, um, we're talking to some really nice cl- uh, clients. Yeah. So uh, it just seemed like the right time to um, sort of focus in and, and make the most of that. Yeah. And, and so what was the evolution from that first project, like your parents' place? Like, how did it kind of go from there? Was it just like a gradual build of a couple of extra projects through word of mouth or whatever? Or, or like, what, what, how did it t- sort of evolve from that point? Yeah, it was, that's that's pretty much it. It was an interesting process. Um, so really, we we only had we we're both working uh, for other practices at the time. While Scott was still at Deakin, and and uh, we we sort of finished my parents' project. Um, from their word of mouth, really, we um, mm. we picked up another couple of projects with um, sort of people that we vaguely knew. And from there, I suppose that project got published fairly extensively, which was great for us. Uh, and that sort of really launched us a little bit. Um, Instagram was was really sort of taking off at that time too in a big way. And so uh, we started to get a bit more of a following on Instagram and and that sort of really um, led led to more projects. And, yeah, for the first few years it was just sort of one or two projects at a time, um, just just doing the best we could with, with what we had, um, all generally fairly small projects. And we were just lucky in, in some ways in that we got a, a good spread of projects early on as well. So from, you know, a, a smaller residential project into a, a larger um, renovation project and then a, a sort of reasonably large um, residential project here in Torquay. And and that just sort of, um, yeah, allowed us, gave us access to a good range of clients from early on. I think so. I think um, in the early stages too of setting up a practice, it's sort of um, a good chance to build some confidence around your own work, which I think is a really uh, interesting step, just going through the whole process for yourself, not in an office and not with other people sort of as a team, but um, you're sort of looking directly at what you're doing and then at the end sort of standing in front of it. So mm. Mm. I think there was a little bit of momentum that starts to grow and then sort of being being open to those other opportunities as they come along and then um, yeah, going from there. I think one of the things with Jeremy's folks place was when we were looking at it, we weren't sure if it was actually um, possible. Mm. Um, so it was an opportunity for us just to to do everything we could to to get the, the best sort of outcome we could within the means of the project. And that was probably one of the most rewarding experiences for, for both of us, I think. Yeah, that's right. And then also, I suppose, on top of that, building up some some principles or ways of uh, ways of sort of that we wanted to practice or um or put together buildings and and even though it was a really really tight budget project um we still managed to really pull off a lot of those things and and really pair it back to what we thought was essential was that something that you found kind of challenging with those early projects where they were sort of more word of mouth based than anything else to be able to pursue some of those ideas about pairing things back and um, I guess like finding that middle ground between what those clients were comfortable with and then kind of what you were pushing to do, I suppose. Like it's, yeah. a, it's a delicate area to talk about. But, um. No, it is. It's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting uh, point because you're right. Look, in the early days, a lot of uh, clients probably come to you because they think you're cheap. Um, and yeah, so they cheap can, and like available. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's right. Um, so you know, it is. Um, we we do we did tend to sort of um, really stick to our our sort of um, ideas though, and and sort of 
really impress upon clients that you know if we're going to do this, it's it's a long um, process. It's a it's a really it's built on trust, and um, you need to trust us as well. So uh, that that really we, we did stick to our guns pretty strongly with that. Um, really, from from first first projects. So, yeah, it, it is a balance. It's a, it's a difficult one. Um, we we still we still struggle with that, to be honest, a little bit. Um, but we have uh, we have sort of got a few runs on the board now, and probably we do tend to find that as we've sort of progressed, and you know, uh, probably I suppose a few more projects published, and, and that sort of thing, that clients do tend to come to you because they like what you're doing more so. So. Um, yeah, it's it's tricky to navigate that. I guess like I'm interested in something about your work is that it feels like it's very clear, pared back, simple ideas that don't feel like they've been messed around by too much committee of like introducing too many kind of random bits and pieces. Like it's it's kind of very, very kind of clear and and sort of considered. And I guess like I'm curious in terms of like, are there strategies or or ways that you found to kind of bring a client along with like a clear design and and try to avoid too much like variation or revision or like is there anything that you found that can kind of help with that? Yeah, that that's a bit of an evolving process, and we are still working towards getting it even cleaner and more pared back. I would say, and that probably the current works that we're working on are, are heading more and more in that direction, but. In terms of how we how we've sort of approached it so far, um, we do we do put a lot of effort or a lot of time into our initial stages, our initial sketch design stage in particular. Probably much more so than than most practices that we're aware of, anyway. So we we do uh, go with our sketch design process. We essentially draw everything to start with. So we we uh, we work in a really pared back or, or um, sorry traditional way. Uh, so we we hand draw everything. We make we still make models. Um, you know, it's a very hands-on. Essentially, Scott and myself typically working on the projects together right from the start. Um, so we and and really, it's it's a risky uh, process for us because by the time we get to the sketch design meeting, we we do have a lot of answers and we only really ever show one idea. So even though we may have drawn several different ideas um, to get to that point, we, we try not to show the clients um, too many ideas because we feel like that can dilute that process as well and and throw curveballs and potentially, you know, if a client likes aspects of various different designs, you end up with a, an amalgamation of mediocre designs. So uh, we, we try to really show one pure idea um, that we, we that we're really happy with. So. I think that's that's about right. That's a, that's the thing I was going to say. We 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 do a lot of exploration manually um, mm. through sketches and preliminary kind of um, modeling and things. But I think the, the the thing we focus on is trying to find a solution that achieves as much or or, or everything that that we set out in those early feasibility stages. So by the time we're showing the client, it is a a thoughtful and I guess um. It's, it's there's a lot of consideration that's gone into it. So we've set our our the way we approach that stage up to to yeah of, to to try and enhance the clarity um, I guess of mm. of where we're heading um, as a starting point. So rather than a really broad approach of showing the client a range of different approaches, we we explore those and and we we look at how they fit together and then provide a mm. a kind of consolidated idea to the client. And just to go back onto the the modeling idea too, we've always done that and found it really important and it it really clearly shows our clients our intent from the start so it does sort of pair it back to just the idea um, so uh, it, it can be clearly read and we 
that helps us as well because we, we tend to refer back to that modeling process. You know, sometimes along the way you can get a little bit lost or, or sort of start to waver from that original idea. But when we go back and look at the model again, no, this is what we were trying to do originally and that clarifies it for us. The physical model you're talking about there? That's right, yeah, yeah. Mm, cool. I mean, I have to ask about physical model making and sketching because it's like becoming a lot less common or it's something that you might do sometimes as like this sort of additional add-on to the process. But I feel like it's, there's not that many studios where it's becoming like a core part of the concept stage and the practice anymore. I mean, yeah. how do you kind of make it work and make it fit and like the time involved? And it, I guess it's just like worth it, right? Like it's so important to the design, but it's, but I guess like, how do you kind of, how do you sort of make it fit? Yeah, it's a good, it's a good point. I think we've, we've set out with a, a clear approach, I think, to making that a part of what we do. So it's a part of every project and we essentially um, have set up, a, a, I guess, a working process that that allows us to to develop the designs and keep the that the architectural project the center focus of what we do. I think mm. um, there's a lot of stuff we do around that um, and running the office and all the, the other things. But I guess having having physical drawings and physical modeling is 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 an essential part of the the sort of material we have around us. Um, and it's also the reason why I think we we've, we studied architecture, why we practice architecture. Mm. So um, we see the other the other the other tasks sort of to support that. And by having those physical things around us um, and on display, it reminds us of, of what we're doing with the project. But also, where it feels like we're 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 we've got an architecture office. It feels mm. like that's what we're that's what we're working on. So. I think it comes back to the reason as to why we do it. We, you know, a lot of practices probably use models as a bit of a presentation tool or a you know an, an end end piece of the, the yeah, project like but exclusively almost that's right yeah, yeah yeah whereas for us it, it really is a working um, model so it's it's something that even though we don't generally go back and adjust it um so much we because we model at the, the very first stage the first client presentation we, we present a model so um it really is just an essential part of the process for us it's not it's not an add-on yeah i think like it's perceived as this sort of quite slow way to work which is not necessarily a bad thing but I guess that like time is a is the kind of a, a considered a constraint around it. But mm. do you guys find like and doing these like theoretically slower ways of working uh, are they actually slower <laughs> at all, or do you just find are they maybe yeah. faster in some ways? Like <laughs> and, really and you're presenting fewer options, right, and pairing things back more. So it's kind of like I guess if you do less but do it better, it's not necessarily slower than trying to do more, lots of options, lots of alternatives. Yeah, that's right. It, I think because of the way we work, um, potentially it is slower and probably our sketch design process is quite slow in, in some ways. It's not, it's not um, snail pace, but it's certainly, mm. it's certainly not, um, you know, we're not, we're not pushing out a design in a couple of days. So, um, yeah, it's, in terms of how slow it is, it probably is slow at the start, but we do find that it, it actually helps us move things along in the later stages because mm. by the time we actually get past that sketch design stage, we've got a lot of the answers there, you know, provided that the client agrees to it and likes it. Um, touch wood, we haven't had too many of those so far where it has gone completely off off the tracks. But um, <laughs> uh, but but we do, yeah, we do sort of find that it actually does help us just stay, just stay on track really and, and have a lot of those answers that sometimes later in the piece you're still designing things or, or still trying to really grapple with, um, with perhaps items that should have been resolved earlier mm. on. It's kind of probably getting like too detailed to ask about like fee structures <laughs> in mm. this because it's like not very romantic when we're talking about model, <laughs> to go from like model making and hand drawing to like talking about fee proposals. But <laughs> I, I guess like I am curious in terms of if your concept in your earlier stage is like where you're doing a lot of the 
sort of design work and, and going kind of all out and spending time model making and all sorts of things. Like the way that you guys structure your sort of fees to sort of be competitive with other practices that you might be being kind of, kind of considered alongside potentially, um, is it is it like, well, we actually just lose shitloads of money on that first stage and then we make <laughs> it up later? Or is it like we've actually, we've increased that stage proportionally uh, probably more than the other practices, but then we have that conversation with clients about why they're seeing these two different things? I, I think from my perspective is I, th- I think we are quite thorough through the sketch design process, but the process still is is done with some clarity around it in a few weeks. Um, and then we're putting uh, sort of on the table a, 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 a scheme that's quite thorough. So I would say our focus is around talking about that approach rather than the many other approaches that could be possible and could be great, great outcomes. But we've sort of selected one and, and I guess resolved it um, into a manageable plan, I guess, that clients can understand thoroughly. And then I think the other part of that is that um, I think clients tend to value things when they understand how they've come to be. And although it's tempting to try and design in front of clients or, or you know, um, explain every every nuance of the project, I think if they can understand the formation and how that's been, how we've arrived at that as an outcome, I think they, they join in that conversation. And I think having plans and drawings in the model that all support that idea, um, it doesn't mean that it, um, it won't adjust and it won't develop, but it means that everybody's on the same page and they can understand the, the value of what we're looking at and then um, we know we're talking about the same thing. It's, there's not sort of a room for, there's still room for interpretation, but there's not room for, for misinterpretation, I guess. So mm. I would say our, our, our process probably uses that time quite specifically to, to talk about the proposal we've developed for, for those clients mm. rather than, yeah, the many other ways we could have approached it. Mm. But it, to go back to your question, we don't, we don't necessarily, you know, adjust our fee structure in any way. Um, we, we just sort of spend the time that it requires. And if it, if we think that the project's not quite there in those sketch design stages, we'll spend more time until it's ready. So um, potentially we, we're probably, we're not very business minded, probably like a lot of architects. We, we just, we just work on it until it's right. So uh, yeah, we, I don't really know um, how we compare to other architects either, which is probably um, something that we, we could, look at more but we, we don't really do that either we just we just look at it and go okay we think this is what we need to do this project and and we just price it accordingly mm, that's right we often find towards the end of a project we've, there's been so much conversation and we have we have a fairly good idea about what we then need to document um, so the documentation process for us is usually fairly straightforward we've got most of the drawings in place you know, most of the decisions have sort of been made mm. um, and and it's a it's a matter of getting the getting the set the documents together uh, more so than actually inventing new things at that point or or um, we even even with um, sort of structure engineering and things we very rarely have to adjust that much we've kind of got an idea about how that will be integrated and there's always some adjustment but mm. it, there's not a lot of rethinking at that back end so I guess it does allow our our process to be slightly front weighted towards the front end where we're using that time um, and, and and thinking about um, not necessarily exactly how it will 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 um, pan out, but having an idea about how all these things come into play in the later stages. So. And probably, yeah, like Scott said, probably some of those aspects too do come back to the way that we've initially set projects up. So, um, you know, we from from essentially the first sketch design, um, we really are sort of thinking about structural aspects or 
you know, how do we how do we pull this off? Um, sometimes that can be difficult because uh, you can sort of get caught up in in detail. But we, I think, we've kind of got the balance right now where we we have a you know a general sort of practical approach to to those sort of things, but we don't let that typically get in the way of limiting what we do. I think it's one of those cases where if we've got an idea about how these things will work together, then there's not this surprise at the end or we're not then sort of compromising what we've got because we've already got a sort of an idea about how we'll move forward on it. So, um, and I, I think that's with, with many of those things. There's, there's, there's so many considerations that will enter into a project, but we've, we've got an idea about how they'll start to work together mm. and ahead of having to actually deal with them. Mm. And I, th- yeah. I guess moving towards the the renders <laughs> that I that I'm a bit obsessed with the visualization <laughs> on your Instagram, which is so cool, a, a thing that your audience really enjoys. I guess um, is that sort of imagery also coming out of that kind of concept sketch design stage, or is that something that develops like later in the projects as a as a as a presentation thing, or is it like when when, when is that coming kind of coming? in front of the client yeah that's that's been an interesting process for us too because um that really has developed and it's becoming we are sort of using it more and more as a design tool than than what um we previously were perhaps when we first started looking at that or if even if we go back to when scott and myself were doing them for for ourselves um we were really approaching it as a you know a general representation to a client um it was a couple of simple images we really didn't focus on them looking realistic in any way um and as, as we've sort of um, moved along or the, you know, projects have progressed, clients, we found clients asking for it more and more. So initially we were sort of getting, getting those renders prepared um, externally. And then recently um, Pascal, who's, who started working with us, um, has been, been preparing those with us. So we, we do them all in-house now. Um, and we've actually found it quite useful, surprisingly. I think we perhaps... Would never have thought that we would be using renders to inform things that we were doing but um, when you really can get down to that level of detail and actually look at materials as if it will appear in in person uh, in reality we have found that to be quite helpful in in making decisions uh, particularly material decisions so um, and in terms of when that happens um, oh, look, it does vary we probably we're still trying to find the best way of doing that because there is a balance between giving too much up too early before we've made decisions on things. But uh, it, it's generally sort of early-ish in the piece, sort of not not too far after or probably around about when we, we go into planning somewhere around there. So we start to just set up some ideas with clients as to, look, we think this is how this space might feel and, and these are maybe the materials that we use. So, mm. Yeah. Mm, pretty awesome. And do they um, do you feel like, again, in terms of that risk, I suppose, you take with that single option, does having those renders have you uh, uh, like highly sort of detailed visuals of that has that like increased the risk or, or decreased it? Uh, it like i'm wondering if it's decreased it in the sense that clients are just so sold on like how like ev- evocative and, and descriptive those images are or there's the other side to it the risky side where it's like because every little detail is there they see that thing or you know they, they end up focusing on the wrong mm, thing yeah that that's an interesting point there we uh, we haven't found it to be too detrimental so far. So um, yeah. and and even I suppose it goes back again to our, our early stages. We think in that when we we show clients really a lot um, to start with. So there is there is a lot of um, design thinking that they're already on board with. So to get to that stage, to get to that stage where we're showing renders, I suppose 
they've already um, typically got their head around how the building looks and, and really by that mm. stage it's, it's just developing up some of the other ideas around materiality or detailing or um, some of it and, and, and we are using it at that stage to make some of those final decisions anyway so but before we've shown a client the renders we need to be happy with them anyway so we've sort of got our head around how that's going to feel as well and you know typically we feel like if we're happy with it hopefully our clients will be too so we tend to have a fairly thorough modeling process even in the early stages um and so most of the work is probably in developing the actual the actual project and therefore the rendering of it is sort of an output i guess which which yeah, it's, it's good for a number of reasons, I guess. Um, as much as it is for just how we work as an office, there's four of us, which isn't which isn't um, enormous, but it gives us an identity and something that we're all on the same page with. We all sort of understand how this thing's coming together. So that's a that's a really good benefit, and it, it also gives us the the benefit of having some nice imagery to share with with other people before that project is eventually realised. You know, a couple of years down the track. So, mm. so I guess it's those things. I think the other thing is. Um, Again, any of this information, it's much easier to, to, to adjust a, an image than it is a, a building. So if the client is is unsure about something, it's great to have those conversations early. Like uh, we're pretty confident that we can we can handle if there's a particular aspect of it, um, we can handle it in a different way that's just as good. It, it means that we've addressed it there rather than having to adjust the building in um, physical mm. terms, um, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. obviously much harder. So having those conversations is really constructive. How much time, I mean, it's awesome having Pascal working on that stuff in, in-house, but like, I guess like what's the level of time investment around a particular like render? You sort of mentioned that it's a pretty easy kind of byproduct of the design and modeling process, but I think like, some studios I work with are a little reluctant around the sort of in-house rendering or any sort of like highly post-produced or quite visual rendering because they kind of see it as like where we're adding like a whole day of extra work mm. to create a single image and it's just like hard to hard to do that. But I feel like there's some studios where it's just such a simple integrated part of the process and they get from a, a 3D model to something that can be shared and look amazing on Instagram like in in almost nothing mm. uh, are you guys kind of in that have you gotten it to the point where it's like pretty efficient and it's not a huge extra time commitment i mean it probably comes back to again that that answer that or what i spoke about before in that um a lot of our uh it sort of takes as long as it takes really so um yeah. you know it, it is a design tool for us so it's, it's not just a presentation tool so in yeah. terms of timing yeah we, we probably do spend too much time on rendering it, <laughs> but at yeah. the same time, it when when we're using that to make decisions that we think will help us down the track or make the building better, then it's not a waste of time. Yeah, I think it's a value question. Um, like all of the, mm. like all of these points are really is that the the it's finding the balance of getting as much valuable, useful information on the table in a in a sort of a, a considered format. So. Um, for a render, it, it might be a day or two. It doesn't seem that, like that much time, but it comes at a point in the process where the clients are already familiar with the, the, the layout and the plan and the way the space is coming together. So it's another little bit of energy that comes back into the project at the right time. The clients then go, oh, that is the way. That's that's. I thought that might be like this or this is the way this is starting to come together. And, and then again, we've got this shared idea of this aspiration that we're all working towards. So whether it's a day or two or even a week, I still think it, it allows the project project to gain a really nice momentum and some something to attach some some further trust to about what this shared vision is that we're working towards so mm. um i love I th- it I, th- I think it's also one of those things where it's really tricky to just uh to quantify 
I think, um, which is another thing that we've kind of moved through in the last couple of years. When we started out, we sort of had an ambiguous idea of how much time we're spending on things and, and getting things done where we could, which mm. moved into sort of an, you know, accountant advice, which is sort of to monitor your timesheets. Yeah, but then I think sort of time tracking and mm. things like yeah, that. Yeah, which we've sort of, which we did for a little while, but then... Um, we didn't really pour back over it or, or we, we sort of used it to gain a bit of a awareness of where we're spending our time. But then we've now found this nice balance that we've, we, we sort of know where the fee is, know how much time that broadly allows us with. Um, I think we, unless there's a really difficult project, we very rarely go, go well, go beyond that. So we kind of balance things out pretty well, I would say. And, mm. and part of that process is, is developing something up, providing the client with something they can, they can understand in the same way we can. Mm, I love it. You know, it's interesting. I think like all of my questions have been like, people don't want to do these things like model making and rendering because they see it as taking too much time what's your quick way of doing it or whatever? And, and every time you've gone, well, it's not quick, it is slow, but, <laughs> but, but it's, it's worth it because of whatever impact it creates, like on the design, on the client, et cetera, which ultimately makes it work. And I guess like if you, if you were to take kind of the, I suppose like the efficient approach, and this sounds so obvious in hindsight, but the efficient approach where you sort of try to take out all those like really deep time sink parts that add that extra quality, yeah, you, know, you know, you probably again, you don't have that client that's as, as enthused, then maybe you have more issues around back and forth over problems or decisions or whatever. Like, I don't know, I feel like it's some sort, it, it has this sort of indirect payoff for you guys in terms of like the process overall has then this momentum and this maybe hopefully this smoothness to it that you're supporting with the way that you're creating this stuff that clients get to be part of. Yeah, it's a really good observation. I yeah, think it's, it's probably something we haven't, necessarily discussed in detail ourselves but but i mean the reality of architecture is that it, it isn't a fast process um and if it is you're probably doing something wrong <laughs> um in to a degree i mean we i wouldn't say that we're the slowest architects around we we do um we do work sort of fairly efficiently I'd in other processes yeah i'd say we're fairly efficient in our in our process yeah yeah, absolutely. But, but we do spend time where we think it's required on specific things like the model making, like the renders, a, a lot of time around decision-making where we think it's needed. So. Yeah, I th- yeah, and like we've said before, I think we see them as essential to what, to, to, to the, the development of the, the project. Mm. I think also it's, it's maintaining the interest for us and, and the guys that are working with us, um, which I think is a critical thing. It, it allows us to to get feedback on what we're doing at certain points, which um, which, which yeah encourages encourages that collective I guess understanding and, and, and value of what, what we're working towards. Mm. So, so even when we're documenting or detailing it, it's it's certainly not a tedious task. It's it happens quite quickly, but it's also shared in understanding about how we're actually going to get this together in a way that provides us with that outcome. So it's it's probably the benefit of a small practice too, because there is only four of us, and we're we're not sort of off working remotely or working separately. We're all sitting around one large table that we share, and and it is a a, a fairly collaborative process for all of us. You know, there's there's not. Uh, it's not like we just sort of sit someone with a project and say, off you go and do that yourself. Um, you know, we, Scott and I are pretty hands-on in, in every project. We've got our, um, we, we've got our eyes over everything and, um, and not in a sort of monitoring way, but just in a collaborative way where, um, you know, where we're aware of what's happening and, and um, the guys who work with us too are happy to sort of question things or, and, and that's really healthy as well. Um, and just share things as, as we get, 
as we move through the process. Mm. Do you feel like it brings a certain or like forces a certain simplicity and purity into your work that I guess like you, you sort of have those, you have that sort of more of that time constraint, I suppose, or your methods are a bit simpler. So then the outcome is, I guess like what I'm getting to is I, I think you rem- reminded me of this thing about how like, you know, when they invented like dishwashers and vacuum cleaners or whatever, it was like, oh, cool. Now we're only going to do like one hour a month of cleaning or whatever, like we'll save so much time. But then people ended up just having like a higher standard of cleanliness and they put the same amount of time into it. And I kind of feel like when you like have the hand drawing and you have the model making and you have the slower sort of like visualization process and, 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 and other things, it it kind of fills your time, but does it in a more kind of like simple and kind of considered way. Whereas I feel like maybe other practices that are going, I don't have time for that. They still end up filling their time with other sort of activities, but they're kind of less meaningful, (laughs) I suppose. Or like they still seem to, everyone seems to be still feel like a project seems to fill whatever time you have for it. I think there's like a, a theory mm. behind that but absolutely I, I think um in terms of delivery and the the timing in which we meet clients it's every few weeks and and we we move through stages relatively quickly yeah so like i you're, think you're, you're spending entirely, the same time entirely overall, right, yeah like, yeah and that's it i think being conscious about how you're spending your time is really important um and again i think it probably comes back to our slightly traditional approach which um we just yeah. see as our approach but it, it for, from some offices it would be it's um it's it's also about just maintaining clarity it's um it's being aware of what we're putting on the table, being aware of what we're working on. If we're not sure about something, we print it out and, and review it that way. Um, and making one good decision is better than having 10 options that we spend a week on and then come back to the to what we had. So mm. I think it's just very, yeah, it's more of a, it's perhaps a mindful way of working. Such which, a, which such again, a minimalist approach. We I don't like tend it. to talk about <laughs> this a lot, but I think it probably comes back to that. It is kind of clean like, uh, and it is kind of tangible. And it is kind of progressive. Yeah. We don't go back around in circles. We very rarely have to rethink things that we've established in previous phases. Mm. And I think that's allowed us to, there's still a lot of work involved, but it allows us for all of us to be on the same page and for us to maintain clarity and some enjoyment towards what we've, yeah, what we've got around us. Mm. It's very like model making philosophy. I, I did six months of model making at an office in Japan, just like full, like all I was doing was model making. I didn't even have a device or a computer or whatever. It was just like that. And we had such a limited palette of materials. It was like, you've got your, like a few different millimeter sizes of balsa wood. You've got this like foam card and then a clear plastic. And that was all the office had. And it was like every single thing you have to make out of these like four elements. And then all the designs that the office produced were limited by like the re- like the proportions of these four elements that the studio had. It was like absolutely crazy, but it was like kind of amazing how much you could create out of like a few things and that was just like forced to be simple and and restrained. And I, I kind of, you guys are giving me that kind of vibe a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it sounds beautiful what you're describing there, but I think that's the other benefit of now. We've been running for a few years, I guess, and we've had we've been lucky to have a handful of projects sort of go all the way through completion and we're still working on the others. But in the meantime, we've got a whole collection of, of models that are at a similar, similar comparable scale with a little bit of the site and it's all modeled very similarly, I guess. And and that's been a, a nice thing for us to stand back. Now we've got the, this sort of new office space and we've laid them out. And it's kind of, there is, there are a lot of elements of continuity there, but it also gives us a you know, tangible way of seeing the progress we're making and how we're developing and evolving. And it's the same thing. It's maybe not a deliberate constraint, but it's just part of the, the, 
our practice of making these one to one hundred models out of out of card. They're 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 subtle. They're yeah. They're they're kind of natural, I guess. They're not trying to be anything other than than what they are, which is just show the form of the the building at that early stage. But they do contain the idea of the project, but allow us to compare how these these ideas are developing and uh, yeah, to get a get a sense of the relationship between the the projects we've got mm. got going on. Mm. And that and that, for me, that brings up like the ongoing debate around architects like having a style or not, <laughs> and like we always talk about it on the podcast. But my sort of thought on that is that it results from like I feel like practices that maybe seen to sometimes have a style are actually just really emphasizing continuity or it's like plays a big role. This idea of like each project speaking to the previous ones and kind of like evolving in some way. Like, is that kind of how you guys sort of see it? I don't know. Would you, would you say like you have a style at all or like what's your definition of it's, it's your non-style? Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's interesting for us when, when um, clients or other people kind of comment on, on what we're doing. Cause it's, it's, you know, we, we know the project so well and um, it's often interesting to hear how they're perceived beyond our office, I guess. Mm. And I, in terms of, I, I don't think we necessarily, I wouldn't say that we have a style and we, we probably wouldn't use the word, word style typically. They but, all say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think we have, we have a way of doing things uh, that yeah. we, that, that is apparent in the project. We have a so, method maybe. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And so that, you know, sometimes potentially the buildings look a certain way because we do, we do concentrate um, quite a lot of effort onto things like proportions, uh, you know, roof lines is, is one thing that clients often comment to us or other people have commented to us that um, they have picked up that we, we do sort of uh, have this this particular look to the way that our buildings appear, but but that's not something that we set out to do. So, yeah, it's it's probably, it comes back more, I think, to our method and our way of doing things than, than setting out to look a certain way. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I think you're right, though, in, in that looking back and particularly, like Scott mentioned, with the models too, um, we, we do take lessons from each project as well. So we, we don't set out to reinvent things every time. Uh, the projects, um, the, the, the core ideas are generally sort of fairly transferable from project to project. Um, obviously, the site um, plays a big part in that and, and particularly now we, we seem to be working on a lot of large regional um, projects, which is great. Um, but there is some aspects that you look back and, and particularly when we sit the models out and we look back and, and sort of compare, we go, okay, I can see aspects of that project in, in this project, even though it's in a completely different context and, and often used in a different way, there is still those ideas, which we think is a really strong thing and, and really important actually. So. And do you think focusing on certain types of projects or certain types of briefs or situations, I mean, do you... You did mention that earlier on it was pretty varied in terms of what you guys were doing, but like, do you find now that it's still sort of as varied or uh, is there certain sort of types of projects that you've tended to, I guess, almost become like a little bit kind of known for or have a sort of mm. found a bit of a niche for? I mean, the large sort of regional projects, definitely, you know, something. Yeah, I think so. I think um, we've probably more recently moved more into that that realm which is great for us because that's probably where a lot of our interests lay um yeah. scott's um scott's sort of from regional victoria as as am i um so our background is is in those sort of areas and that's probably where where um we're most comfortable having said that we've we've worked on various projects in, in various different types and scales and, and areas but um we do we do enjoy the regional projects and 
I'm not sure what's caused that. Um, it, it probably, uh, around the time we actually finished my own house, which is the, the Jan Jack studio, um, that was quite extensively published and, and we, um, we did quite well with awards and things like that. So potentially that, that did trigger some of those projects um, in that it is, it is, even though it's in a suburban context, it probably has some more things probably more in common with our regional projects, I suppose. So Yeah, I think also just uh, um, our studio is located in Torquay, which is outside of mm. um, Melbourne by a fair way. So I guess that also just geographically locates us closer to some of those projects yeah. and um, and that's been a helpful thing, I think, for us. Mm. Um, I, I guess we don't tend to have a strong preference one way or, one way or another, but um, it's just the way it's sort of it's sort of evolved, I think. Yeah, I feel like that's you guys are in a kind of category of projects that a lot of Melbourne practices want to do <laughs> in terms of like getting out of like the sort of like Fitzroy North extension uh, edition sort of bucket and and kind of being like, oh, we'd love to just do like a new build in yeah original area but like you kind of have to be part of that world i feel like a little bit to to make it work it is it is really helpful for us in in some respects um you know there's there's limitations that come with it as well um well i think i said last time i think we're the only architects in victoria that don't practice in collingwood so um, (laughs) but but it is it is sort of um pretty helpful for us to get access to clients down this way um there's still plenty of melbourne architects who are doing projects down this this way down the coast and that's great as well because we're we're all for good quality buildings down here it's it's uh it's a really positive thing so but yeah it it, it certainly seems to be beneficial for us um working on the coast um, living on the coast as well um just having access to those sort of projects and working on those sites yeah and and we're really familiar with that the the whole area around here so um yeah it's it's great so maybe if people want to get into that type of work they should move to Torquay and buy a place down there and set up shop on the main street like what are you doing in collingwood right like you need to you need to rock up and like be part of it there's plenty plenty of towns around but um um, (laughs) yeah 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 you're like come on like go up the road it comes back to maybe um maybe maybe a broader a broader approach in that um these things grow a little bit and you get a project in in an area and that leads you to other people that you know and builders that you might know and things like that so that can be really helpful but I think it also comes back to even a a, a more a a broader um, uh, issue again in just like trying to move towards the work you want to be doing Um, and we've been I'd say fairly fortunate but we're we feel pretty lucky to be in this situation of um, working with with clients we like on projects that we want to be involved with and sites that are beautiful and it's kind of a really nice thing for us. Mm. Um, it, there's always difficult parts in all of those projects and and all of the the you know the factors that go go with them. But it's I, it, it's sorry, it, it's an interesting thing to say. It I, th- I think it is fortunate. I think that there is an element of luck involved, but I do think we have been probably moving towards this for a long time and even though sometimes you look back and think oh that just happened overnight or because of this um we did we did probably set set things up from early on um that did move us in this direction so a number of our projects even from early on were based in in regional areas um and probably our interests are particularly on that regional type of architecture and you know we've grown up with really admiring the work of, you know, Merkett and Stutchbury and Laplastria and, and those sort of guys. So, um, and I think there's no doubt that they have influenced our work. And then even internationally, um, some of the some of the architects that we really admire probably are practising in, in sort of more outside of the cities anyway. So, yeah, I think it is lucky, but I think there also is some 
I suppose it just comes around that, you know, eventually uh, those aspects that, or those things that we've been interested in our work sort of generally lead you towards that type of work. Mm. And I'm guessing on the marketing front in terms of like going in that direction, I'm, I'm assuming you probably didn't really have to like do anything in particular. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I'm getting, because, you know, I think when you're doing like really distinctive work and you photograph everything beautifully and render things beautifully and put great stuff on Instagram and get published every now and then like that usually does the job <laughs> in a lot of ways right <laughs> uh, I think so yeah I mean it's probably not an area that we do spend a lot of time discussing a lot of our projects do come from word of mouth particularly again being based in regional Victoria you do kind of rely on that a little bit so uh, it, it is a different way of working down here you know, a lot of clients don't actually come to us directly. They might approach, say, a builder that we, we know down here, for example, or it, it's a different way of working. So in terms of the marketing aspect, though, we probably just focus on doing everything we can to the best of our ability and, and really showing things that we're happy with. So we tend not to, we're not prolific in terms of social media or marketing. Um, we do sort of just show projects or, or images that we're quite comfortable with, I would say. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think it stems back to, yeah, just um, we don't have a, a highly developed marketing strategy. I think we just develop things we are interested in and things that we think are helpful to the project. And then at t- certain times we make them available for other people. So it's I, I think it's a very direct way of allowing other people to see some of what we're working on. Well, I think I think uh, in terms of, I mean, we've, we've listened to, to others, um, people speak on your podcast and um, probably some similarities between a lot of other practices as well there. So, you know, the website, for example, every architect I think in that's ever practiced is website is, is a work in progress. So um, that those sort of things, you know, we're still evolving. And I think the advent or sorry, the, the more that social media becomes uh, or more important, I think um, architects have to adapt to that a little bit too. So um, we're still, we're not great at that. We're still catching up a little bit on that, but. Mm, don't know if I'd <laughs> say you're not great at it. You're pretty good at Instagram. <laughs> uh, well, I, I suppose we don't, we don't have a formula that we, we apply to it anyway. We, um, we just, again, like Scott said, we just show what we like. Um, we, we, if we're, if we're happy with something or, um, or if we think people might be interested in seeing what we're up to, then we'll show it. But Absolutely. And that's a work in progress too. Like if, I guess it's, in, it's important to relax a little bit on some of that. It's easy to put up too much and it's easy to put up things that um, you think other people might be drawn to. But I think it's always worked best when we just do what we think is right. Um, and that sounds like a really simple thing, but again, it's the same as our, our, our mode of operation where we've located the practice, how we, how we approach those. We sort of do what we think is reasonable. If, if we need to adjust it, we can always um, pair it back or adjust it in the future. Um, and it's about building that up so that each time we, we, we approach a project or, um, some, some kind of, um, post it's, we're trying to build on that, um, and clarify what it is that we're trying to achieve and what other people hopefully might find find interesting about it um yeah so i guess that's also led us to let i guess the work speak for itself um i mean it helps to have really good photographers who can capture what you're hoping the building might might achieve um but again we motivate that by just having having some good quality images as a record for us in the same way we've got you know the models and the drawings as a record the photographs are, are something which are, are kind of important um as an architect to be working on something for so long and then 
you spend a period of time with the clients in that 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 space but um, you know what i mean once it's once the, the project's completed um, it's good to have those images as a as a as an archive of what you've done um, but also as a, a means of further thinking about um, those you know the projects that you've achieved so yeah mm. yeah yeah totally i think people that i usually have on the podcast like the reason for it is i I, i'm drawn to studios that do very very little um on the marketing (laughs) front i'm a big like less marketing is better uh Mm. marketing person um which i think is what helps to set me apart from other people in the marketing world who are always Mm. like do more marketing i'm like no do less (laughs) but do it do it better right and i think um studios where it's getting down to really like a few elements are the ones i'm the most interested in because it's like how do you just get like the essence? Like it's just taking it right down to almost nothing. And it's like, there's just a couple things and it's like, yeah, like what's the essence of that marketing? Like, how do you do that? You know? And I think, I think that's what, what you guys are, what I get from you and a few other studios I have on is just this idea of like certain things you do, imagery, models, et cetera, that are seen by the world. Um, And you sort of, you don't try to, reduce the time, reduce the cost and like pair those back and um, make them efficient, make them easy. You're not looking to do that. That's not what you're trying to optimize for. It's it's just going like, what's the highest quality way to do that? And mm. it will cost what it costs and it will take as long as it takes. Mm. And it's about setting sort of a standard for those outputs that everything that comes out of the studio is like very carefully curated. Mm. And that might mean that, you know, some things that go out into the, well, you might mean that you're not putting stuff out very often, but you know, in a, I guess like in a world where everyone's putting out shit constantly, mm. <laughs> it's kind of okay to like put out something really good every now and then rather than like so-so stuff every and day. We've, we've probably grappled with this a little bit as well, Dave. I think it, um, we've spoken about, you know, do we show our process a little bit more? Because um, Yeah, and you like know, yourselves, we, like who the hell are you guys? I'm like, <laughs> I've never seen you like on your website, on your Instagram. Like what are we, what are we doing? <laughs> oh, we're happy with that mysterious tag. That you, <laughs> yeah. The mystique. <laughs> but uh, I suppose more in terms of our process and the sketching and the models, even though we've spoken about it quite a bit, we actually don't show much of that. No, so not much. No, yeah. We don't show a lot of process. Um, so, and we have spoken about, you know, should we, should we show more of this? Um, because we find it interesting whether or not other people do that's i'm not sure but yeah it, it's it's something we've spoken about and we're still working through yeah it's we- an interesting question yeah i guess um it's also part of one of these uh, maybe a broader issue of like um, once the clients engages um we are i'd say really quite open and they do see most of or or, or yeah the majority of everything we've worked on and what we do and i guess that's an important part for them as well like that's what that's what we're doing we're mm. providing a service to to clients that are developing a, a place to live and a place for their family and and all of those things. So, as much as it's kind of interesting for other people to see all of that, it's also kind of nice for them to to know that process and and for it not to be completely public, I guess. Um, That's interesting. It, it, yeah, it's a, it comes into to question it when we often go back to do a photo shoot and things like that. And at some point, there's a fine line of of allowing the building to sort of be photographed in a way that shows what we intended but and also how the clients may live in it but without sort of overstepping that I guess that they're kind of personal intimate spaces Mm. and there's that kind of how much do you show and and at some point it's important for us to have have images of, of what we're able to do so other people might might be able to engage with us but um it's also important I think or there's something nice about not just putting it all 
revealing at all. Interesting. I think the other the other part of the conversation here perhaps is that I think um, we prefer to show the work we do, and we might we might need to make some other things about about how we operate a little bit more available. But but I think we've we've preferenced that, and it means that we haven't spent a lot of time um, doing sort of like big office photo shoots and things. Mm sort of just focus on the work and, and what we produce, which I think has been a, a really nice and, again, an authentic. That's what we that's what we do. That's kind of what we're good at. Um, we have to get other people mm. to help us with websites and, you know, some layout things yeah. and, and all of that. And a lot of the time, yes, yeah, simple simple is best there. So Yeah, interesting. Well, if you guys were going to show more process stuff when you've kind of thought about this, like what would that involve? Just like what are we talking? Oh, look, we've got we've got piles of sketches and and the models as well, which um you know really only the clients ever see. So you know we, we definitely could show more of that. Um, that's something that we'll, we'll think about and and maybe we'll we'll review in future how we do that. But yeah, we're actually it's interesting. We're working on a, a folio at the moment, a print folio, yeah. and just we, we, even though we haven't been around all that long, you know, it's only been six, seven years, something like that, but. Um, we've, we've got a, a fair body of work there that we're having to sort of selectively sort of pour through to show what we actually want to put in the folio. So there, there's, a, there's a lot of work there um, that, um, yeah, that, that really we haven't shown anyone yet. So yeah. um, Again, though, I think that was partly motivated as an opportunity for us to collect the projects together. Mm. Um, and it also has that the, the, the offset effect of being able to show clients and, and other people. But, again, it's kind of a fairly old school approach, isn't it, to print yeah, out doing a, like a, a, a printed folio a on the table yeah. and stick to it and talk about it. So, um, it's cool. Yeah, I think yeah. that tends to be the way we approach it. We yeah, we try and do things that are valuable for for us and, and our, our practice, and then I tend to be like in my marketing strategies I'm doing for clients at the moment. I'm doing quite a lot of those like printed like books or portfolios or catalogs or whatever. You know, like I just feel like there's such a good place for that for so many practices to sort of like organize their work and present it in a kind of like considered way. Um, and there's also just something special about like a physical thing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's beautiful. I think we're, um, we're pretty prolific in, in collecting books as well. And, um, behind us here, we've got, we've got, yeah. you know, pages, well, sorry, racks and racks of books. And, um, it's something that we're, we've always really valued, I think. And so, you know, you have to practice what you preach a little bit too, don't you? So, um, you know, we, we, we sort of value that and that's, yeah, that's, that's a nice thing to be able to show a client, hey, this is this is your project in print. So, so just yeah. quickly, like how do you do something like that? Like what, so are you guys like going through some sort of self-publisher or like what's the, or just like printing something yourself? Like how do you, how do you do it? Because it's pretty cool. Yeah, for us, um, we've we've sort of dabbled it with, um, with th- those sort of things and at the moment we're working with, um We've actually Ben Hosking, who we've we've shot yeah. um, a number of projects with on a, on a little booklet as well, which is um, cool. really exciting for the, for the folio itself. We're actually just just putting it together ourselves. We've we've done a, a lot of the graphics with with actually um, one of someone Matt who works with us. His partner is a graphic designer, and she's really talented as well. And yeah, and we're working with her on the folio. We've had a lot of input into it in terms of selecting images and and layouts and all of those sort of things. So really, yeah, we 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 do tend to do a lot of it in house, but. In the past, we've certainly worked with with graphic designers, yeah. Um, web designers. Yeah, we've, prob- we've probably collected more than we've done, though. I guess it's only sort of recent for us. And again, it comes back to I think rather than doing it to be interesting, is doing it for us to gather some of our ideas, so we can sort of reflect on those going forward and clarifying what we're trying to, what we're what mm. we're aiming at, what mm. we're trying to achieve. And then, yeah, the, the byproduct of that is um, allowing other people to 
to to have an opportunity to to have one as well. So. Mm. You mentioned earlier the sort of the work speaking for itself aspect, which I, you know, see sometimes some people give that kind of a, a bad rap in some ways, like, or, or I don't know, maybe it's just buddy marketing people. I don't know. They're annoying, <laughs> but they, they sort of say, look, you know, the work shouldn't, you're like, that's like the wrong way to think about it. It's like, mm, not really. I think the work, you don't see that many good practices where that are doing that well, where like the work isn't speaking for itself. It's like the person's doing the speaking. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like there's not really great examples of that. Like there's thousands of good examples of studios where the work sort of does the, does the speaking. So, but anyway, uh, aside from that, when we're talking about like residential stuff and it's such a personal sort of experience for people, for clients, and it's like who they're going to work with to sort of design their home and go on this like pretty long sort of journey together. It's quite interesting that, you know, you can you can take an approach of a studio of not being super transparent about kind of who you are, like what age you are or like what anything about you. It's kind of that, that sort of that mystery layer that that wouldn't be an issue for potential clients, you know, that they would be able, they'd be happy to kind of get on the phone or walk into the studio almost like sight unseen, not showing, not being sure what to expect, <laughs> but that the work itself can be that big of a magnet for them or the or what they've heard from other people that they go, I don't care if this is like a 22-year-old or a 73-year-old <laughs> I'm going to be sitting across the meeting table from or like whatever. I don't care if they've it's, got kids, don't have kids, this, that, like they, it, none of it. I don't need to know about any of it because like I just like the work or like that's pretty <laughs> awesome. It's a really interesting thing and, and we probably... um we're probably less aware of that, that than than what potentially um you've picked up on Dave and that we we sort of uh, we've spoken about you know should we have some photos of us up there or, or something like that but um, we haven't really focused on it and again um, I mean there is plenty of practices that probably do market those aspects of their their practice a lot better than what we do but yeah it's it's interesting some clients when they call have, have, it's come up a, a couple of times now that they're interested that when they call and we actually answer the phone so you know that's um that's just part of i suppose the way we we work you know it is it is transparent in in other aspects but we don't go out of our way to put ourselves out there and and put us as the base of our practice out there it's it's the work um so we hope that when people you know, Google us, that the, the work is what they're interested in, not, not us. Absolutely. I think it's, um, it's kind of an artistic way perhaps of thinking about it. Like, um, if I go somewhere for good food or to, to, to look at art or, um, a musical composition, um, it's kind of an interesting thing to see how that person then relates to that work. And it's often something you don't know a lot about prior to arriving there. So Mm. I don't know, maybe there's that part that's kind of nice, part of the story as well I guess um it's funny we we have spoken a little bit about topics like this in in the office a little bit and how how perhaps the architecture does reflect the personalities of the people who work on it and and we're probably um generally somewhat reserved I would say um certainly we don't we don't put ourselves out there a lot and and potentially the work that we're producing is a little bit like that it's it's quiet sort of work it's it's um slow um hopefully transparent yeah it, it probably reflects the way we are a little bit it would be off brand for you to put your <laughs> yeah, and the con- it's probably also a reflection of like you mentioned before the kind of architecture and the architects that we're interested in yeah um, often they are you know you travel travel enormously off the track to find these works that then yeah. reveal themselves and you only really understand them once you've actually visited and spent a bit of time walking around it and i don't know maybe i, I think architects is like that as much as 
every social media and other forms of, of um, getting yourself out there very fast paced. You know, building takes time. Um, even visiting it, spending time at different times of the year on site or in the in the house, it all sounds romantic, but it's fundamental to to, to what we do. To you know, to 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 uh, experiencing uh, actually the architecture, not not the drawings or the images or anything like that, but just um, spending time in and around around buildings. And I think mm. we've both been drawn to seeking that out um, overseas or, or locally. Um, and I think there's also a reward that comes with that. It's about the effort put in and the effort you get back, and and yeah. So we're not in a rush to make a, a loud gesture or, or an overwhelming statement. And I think that's what clients perhaps um, enjoy a little bit about, or why they might might first engage with this, and then their story gets woven through the project that we're doing. And again, it sounds like a romantic idea, but it's just fundamental to what we do. They're they're going to live in it. They raise their family in it. They spend. They wake up. They they you know do everything in there. So. It's all part of the the mm. same story, I think. Yeah, mm. yeah totally. The part, the part that interests me though is, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I feel like when you're in the sort of the regional market and you're working the residential space there, and you know projects aren't coming to you through a whole bunch of marketing, it's coming through word of mouth. People see the project in the local area, they hear about it, they're like, oh, who did that? You know, they're like you, your network develops that sort of thing. And otherwise, you got stuff like you know they're just googling local architects or whatever so basically what i'm saying is like there's i feel like a lot of these ways where clients have looked at your stuff like prospective clients have looked at your stuff but they're not they haven't like been flipping through the latest copy of houses magazine on a sunday afternoon which they Mm -hmm. do every weekend their whole life like they're not necessarily those sort of people but they're people that have like they might be looking at sort of you guys plus some other local architect who's not in any way doing things traditionally, like no model making, no, like no nothing. You know, like they're comparing these quite extreme examples potentially. Well, firstly, I guess like, is that is that true? Like you feel like that's kind of the level that the clients are at. But but I guess like the part I'm interested in is like how a client kind of gets their head around the idea of this more traditional approach, like how that registers to with them and how they view that. Or do they maybe not see it? Is it just like for the sake of this conversation, we're kind of talking about it through that lens, but they're not really perceiving that difference when they speak to you guys. I, I, I don't know. I'm just curious. Um, in- no, I think I think we're fairly transparent with that from, from the first meeting, essentially. Um, we've got a lot of the models sort of uh, on display in the office, so and we can talk through that. And we do we do reference previous projects that we've done. So um, we even have a, a document that we send out to prospective clients um, that shows that some of our process and so we're, we're fairly transparent with that. So, yeah, I think I think the clients when they first come to us are aware of, of how we work. In terms of whether that's attracted to them or not, I'm not sure. Um, they're probably, <laughs> let's assume it is. But I mean just like more like this idea of like you walk into this place and it's like, oh, what, they're like physically model making and they're like doing all yeah. this sort of stuff and it's like, what the hell? Like I'm not seeing this anywhere. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's true, yeah. I think it is engaging. Yeah, we've got some models in the window and the amount of children that walk up and look at them, they're just kind of intrigued. And I think any adult with the kind of a creative intrigue is it kind of just finds something like that and they they just uh, they, they love it. They want to engage yeah. with it. I suppose it, it harks back to, I mean, almost – there's not many uh, people who are interested in architecture that don't say, oh, look, I started playing with Lego when I was a kid. You know, that, how often you hear that? And so maybe there's some aspect of, you know, that physical model making sort of, there must be something in that. I haven't, I haven't Just, thought about that enough. But I think there's an ability to capture your your imagination, to engage with something and you you can live in a sort of a, a dream a dream state while you're looking at your, you know, your future house. So mm, yeah. um, there's a lot of emotion that goes into that too. Um, 
But in terms of clients sort of reaching out to engage with us, I would say that we tend to we tend to aim or we enjoy speaking with clients that actually do seek us out um, and do put a little bit of energy into to looking at what we've done and engaging with it on their own terms. And I think um, for us, given that we don't have this highly developed marketing strategy, I guess it's important for us to put up things which they can sort of see the positive value of without being feeling uncomfortable about things that they might not be um, so understanding of. So there's that kind of, I guess, balance in what we do. I think what, in terms what would of, be something that they wouldn't be so understanding of? What do, what do you? Oh, sort of I mean, just in terms of visually, what we're what we're proposing for somebody else, they might have a different taste or an idea about what they might be looking for, or materially, or color-wise, or even exposure, or um, or or even just the site might be completely different to their own, and um, some clients kind of grapple with that differently to others. Um, but I guess it's providing a range of a, a range of projects that they can kind of see how we. I, I feel like although we don't aim at having a style, is probably this way of thinking that that does reveal itself through most of the work. And I think the clients that are good for us sort of can read that, and they're not uncomfortable by it. They can see a workability, a method that we approach it with. They the the way we kind of operate. I guess we provides them with a sense of understanding as 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 information develops. I guess. I was going to just go back to that other point we mentioned earlier about we kind of we've increasingly I think let the work speak for itself because previously and we still have to write in, write you know um, documents write, yeah descriptions award about, entries and stuff like that the project yeah and um, as the the what, what am I trying to say there's a I think we found it kind of increasingly generic or not not necessarily generic. We can kind of um, look for the right words to articulate what we've done and why we've done it and then how it's sort of arranged. But there's still something fundamentally missing from that description. So we just find perhaps even though images don't necessarily capture it all either, at least we're not adding to it with the sort of a generic description. Of, they capture of, it best of, probably. Mm, yeah. It's, it's a really interesting point because, yeah, every architect, Probably well, a lot of architects describe themselves in similar ways and describe their work in similar ways, and and you know you see the catchphrases that come up time and time again, and we probably fell into that trap a little bit to start with too. Even though we weren't you know setting out to to replicate anything, we still described our work in a similar way to everyone else. So we've probably yeah. more and more moved away from that and just said no, this is what we're doing, and and you can make up your own interpret sort of it yourself. Yeah, yeah. Still, we still, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we still provide information to the clients and describe what we've done, but in terms of a of a of, of that being part of what we. Um, show everybody else it's probably become more and more limited there and um, that's your that's interpretation actually crazy things. by the way <laughs> like, <laughs> like you just, that is like so just I, I love it the way that you guys roll which is like we see a problem with this thing so just take the thing away <laughs> is like the idea yeah. i love it i love that that's your approach but that's a nice way of thinking of it yeah. you know so. rather Maybe. rather than just i don't know i feel like everyone else does some other thing where it's like go around in a go around in a circle trying to like improve it improve it improve it but ultimately end up just like treading water in the same place um <laughs> whereas you guys just go nah like no text or like whatever. Yeah, so it's yeah. kind of interesting. I love that approach. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's an interesting thing. And again, like um, I think part of this discussion we're having here, we're, we're actively thinking about what it is that we do and therefore it's not necessarily the, the cleanest way of saying it, but it's because we're kind of, um, as we're talking, working out what it is that we're, what we're doing and what things work and how we approach it. 
But um, even just taking it away, I think that's a, a part of what we do in the project. Mm, some, take it away. Like, yeah, the projects still have little complexities. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, we tend not to have, which is a, a tricky thing, which which we also find um, when we sort of get a project tendered, if there's something that has to be taken out for whatever reason, it's actually quite hard because most of the stuff we're left with is fundamental to what it is. So Yeah, you're kind of like, like running out of stuff expensive. to shop out of there, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 We, do, we do often say, you know, as, as we're working through a, a problem on a project or we're just developing it, you know, what can we do? Can, can we do less here? So. Oh, I love it. I'm, I'm going through a similar thing at the moment. Like I'm finding my strategy stuff that I do for clients is getting like less and less and less to the point where I'm starting to worry I'm not actually like recommending <laughs> anything. <laughs> so yeah. I feel like you feel that pressure to do more. Like it's my job to like do more sometimes. And I, I, I think avoiding that anxiety around that and just being like, no, nah, do do kind of less is a, is a cool way to go. Yeah. I, th- I think maybe for us too, less isn't nothing. It's perhaps just doing things that are more naturally aligned to what we do. Maybe that is less <laughs> in a practical sense at times, but we actually, we work quite hard and we are quite thoughtful, but it's probably one of these things where we've had just simple sort of layouts or something done and at some point, we have got to put our trust in other people. But at some point, if it just doesn't feel right, then it probably isn't. And I think for us, we err on the side of rather than overdoing it is just pairing it back or, or doing something that just feels not less, but just yeah, more aligned to us. So less of what other people might want to do, I guess, and more about what we might, how we might like to approach it. Mm. I don't know if that's fair, but yeah, mm, love it. I like I like how you picked up with the language stuff that you even even after putting a lot of thought into it, you still end up kind of sounding the same as everybody else. <laughs> I feel like that is very common. You know, everyone talks about the same things about like materiality and like, I don't know, just like it, it all kind of ends up sounding it, like it the prob- same, one big mush. It probably doesn't help us out that much when we when we have to write a narrative for an awards application <laughs> yeah. or something because I feel like that's, um, yeah, again, letting the work speak for itself is, is an art. We, you have to be able to somehow frame it so somebody else can can understand the benefit of that and I think for us too rather than trying to write lofty text we sort of come back to just trying to go this is this is what we've done whether we realized it at the time or not there's been a, an intuition about what we've done and then trying to reveal that through the information we're providing is probably more important for us rather than writing all these narratives which is it's again it's probably um I think we feel that it's authentic but we're certainly writing it for ourselves rather than the audience which can work I think we'd be really uncomfortable at putting things out there that we we feel don't reflect us or don't represent the work, and um, and that's a really tricky thing because you do see you know descriptions out there at times, and you go, mm, is that is that actually describing that work or, or how you approach it, or is that marketing? So, um, and, and that's where we'd, we'd be uncomfortable. I think. Love it. I think the other thing I was I was just going to mention is with this early engagement with with the client and and what to expect is that I would say when a client's come to us and we've we've showed them sort of how we approach it and what we do with um, any any of the clients that we've wanted to work with have 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 decided to to sort of work with us on their project. So, um, and it, it it's not unreasonable for clients to speak to sort of four or five other architects. And it's actually a good part for them too because it's important for them to find the right fit ultimately. Um, mm. This relationship goes for for a little while. So I think once we've engaged with them and they've seen um, our, our approach and met us both, which is another interesting thing, I guess I guess we both bring slightly different angles and the whole, the whole team does to some degree. 
But I think that's been a really strong point for, mm. for us. Once they've engaged with us and come into the office and had a look at how we go about it, very few have walked away. Mm. Um, mm. In fact, I can't really think of any. Yeah, so, so yeah, that's right. Mm. It, it is an interesting thing. Once once we do sort of start that conversation and and even, you know, uh, really really sort of fill each other out a little bit, uh, in, in terms of turning that into actual work, it's, it's pretty high, so probably a lot higher than, than most, I would say. What do you do in situations where you feel like it isn't a great fit um, and they've kind of come in and you're not super interested? Like how do you, uh, how do you kind of deal with that? Oh, look, yeah, that, that's a good question, Dave. Um, look, typically those sort of projects will just fall away naturally anyway, I think. Um, it's not something where we actively say, oh, look, we have. We have from time to time said, look, we're, not, we're probably not the right fit for you. But, uh, yeah, look, usually we have a pretty good good understanding or, or intuition about, you know, when, when, a, when a client is really interested in what we do and, and, um, and serious about their project and, you know, and, and not every client's going to be right and, and we're not the right architects for every client and, and there's certain things in projects where it's just it's just not going to work out so yeah typically we find they just they just do drop off anyway so i think yeah. i think those ones though are maybe more so motivated by something which we don't actually really offer like it's sort of like drawing up something that's yeah yeah, yeah yeah kind of got a, got a <laughs> got an idea in mind or or they just sort yeah. of a comparing kind of fees or something um rather than service so i think those are maybe more more so the clients that disappear um mm. Uh, but having said that, I'd say the range of clients we have got are very broad, mm. and at times we are um, we are. I guess it's important to find the common overlap in in what they're they're looking at and what they're hoping to achieve and what we might be able to offer. And um, the the more we do it, the more we find out. Uh, just working with people, that everybody's got a, a, a story and everybody's had a different upbringing and way of understanding the world and whether that's even in terms of the spaces they require or just how they approach practical you know discussions um everybody has a different approach and a lot of the time i I think again it can be it's probably more rewarding for us to see that as a positive thing rather than as a very narrow way of a client needs to be able to understand this or they need to be able to do this and and it's up to us to work out Mm. how to convey the to convey the plan better if they, they're struggling to understand it or or how how we might be able to to shape it in a way that that we're still happy with the outcome as well mm. so I, I guess we don't have a i wouldn't say we've got a narrow idea about what our what our client should be like mm. we're, we're fairly open i guess just to finish things up i mean it sounds like you're constantly improving and refining things you know just like all aspects i just wonder like at the moment or looking ahead to like next year any any like new year's resolutions any any particular <laughs> areas that you guys like yeah we think like our mindset at the moment is refining this particular thing or getting better at this or, or like some some improvement that you've kind of set your sights on could mm. be business could be could be marketing could be process i don't know just anything that's sort of on your minds oh look i'm not sure speaking for myself i think we're we're constantly thinking about how to to make the projects better that's that's just you know that's the uh i think that's true of every architect every good architect anyway is, is always thinking about where can we improve what can we do here in terms of overall i think we we probably have gone through a little interesting period for the last year or so where 
we probably are starting to refine the work in, into a little bit of a different um, direction. Uh, it's probably becoming more and more paired back and singular, particularly well from a number of aspects actually. So from that from that regard, we're really excited about this little current batch of projects that we're working on and developing at the moment. Um, we haven't shown a lot of them yet. Um, we've got a handful of projects at the moment about to start construction, which is really exciting as well. So, um, yeah, I, I think uh, from that aspect, that that's a constant, and I think that will be forever. I, I don't think that ever stops. Um, you can you can never really sit back and say you're happy with what you've done. I don't think so. Um, so that that that's that aspect. I, I don't know about you, Scott, but yeah, um, yeah, New Year's resolutions probably. Probably unlikely, I reckon. But um, I think if anything, it might be the opposite. It's getting comfortable with what we do and how we do it. And um, I think that's even a, a good thing. I sound like I'm getting a bit old now, don't I? But um, I think it's part of it. Like setting up a practice is a daunting thing from the outside and then there's a lot of um, this sense of sort of trying to prove prove what, that you can do it and establishing yourself and setting things up and um, getting some stuff that are aligned in the right way that can also help you help you achieve that. and. I feel like we've worked through a lot of those things and I feel like now we're getting to a point where um, it's maybe maintaining um, yeah. maintaining that and keeping just let it be for a bit. Yeah, that's it and enjoying it as well. I think even just talking about this, I think it's just sort of come to my mind about how much we do things because we, well, they're enjoyable to do. So I think maybe recognising some of that and um I, um, yeah, even maybe some of the success of the projects turning out the way we'd hoped or um, we've had sort of, you know, um, yeah, small victories with projects that, that look, look look the way and feel the way and the, the clients are happy with them and, and those are all really good things to recognise and I think it's, so it's therefore sort of less focusing on all the things we have to do and maybe more enjoying now we've got a little bit of that established, some of the things we can now be comfortable with. Love it. Mm. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, guys. Thanks, Dave. It's been Thanks really very nice. much, Dave. Yeah. That was my conversation with Scott Eldridge and Jeremy Anderson of Eldridge Anderson Architects. If you'd like to learn more about their studio, you can visit eldridgeanderson.com.au or follow them on Instagram at eldridge underscore Anderson. That's all for this episode. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you in 2024.